Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue our study of Acts with the record of the tragic end of Judas Iscariot and the process the remaining 11 disciples used for his replacement. Luke recorded all of this in Acts chapter 1, verses 12 through 26. Follow along with Pastor Jim as he delivers the result of his study in today's portion of this week's message entitled, Providential Manhunt. Let's turn to the book of Acts, where we have just begun our studies through this book. When you say the name Judas, that evokes feelings from anyone with even a whiff of Bible knowledge, and even people who don't know very much of the Bible know the idea of a Judas kiss is an act of betrayal of a friend. Well, the passage before us today closes the record on the tragic life of Judas Iscariot. And when we finish this chapter, which we will today, Lord willing, that makes us ready for the next enormous step in God's plan. Now, we know that Jesus called Judas Iscariot to follow Him. There were hundreds following Him, all disciples. And remember, He spent a whole night in prayer, and then in the morning He announced the 13 who were going to be, or the 12, rather, who were going to be the original apostles. And that was the same day that he preached the Sermon on the Mount. It was a huge day in his ministry, and Judas was one of those 12. But from the beginning, Judas was a fake disciple. He was a phony. Only he and Jesus knew it, and it was all in the plan of God. Jesus knew Judas was going to betray him, betray him but Judas, through those three-plus years they were together, Judas was so good at his hypocrisy, no one else suspected him. That is a world-class hypocrite. John chapter 13, we read this in verses 21 and 22 not long ago. When Jesus had said this, he became troubled in spirit and testified and said, truly, truly, I say to you that one of you will betray me. The reference to the you is the 12 that were with him at that Passover meal. And the disciples began looking at one another at a loss to know of which one he was speaking. They actually suspected themselves as much as they suspected Judas. They, I think, likely believed that the betrayal was going to be accidental, like one of them would, would unintentionally do something that would tip off people to where Jesus was going to be so He could be arrested because surely, they thought, none of us would betray our beloved Jesus. Well, John tells us what was going on that night. Skip down to verse 27 in John 13. After the morsel, part of the fellowship of the Passover meal, dip a morsel in the, in the bitter herbs and, and their sweet, or bitter and sweet stuff and, and share it with somebody. After the morsel that He gave to um, Judas, Satan then entered into him. 
Therefore, Jesus said to him, what you do, do quickly. Now, no one of those reclining at the table knew for what purpose he had said this to him. For some were supposing, because Judas had the money box, that Jesus was saying to him, buy the things we have need of for the feast, or else that he should give something to the poor. Well, you know how it played out. Judas did that horrible, satanic deed. Jesus protected the others from the arrest mob when they came to, uh, to get him, and Jesus voluntarily went to the cross. What Judas did next sets the stage for the passage that we will be uh, looking at this morning. But remember where we left off. Last Lord's Day, we finished at verse 11. Let's just remind ourselves what had happened just before our passage. Acts 1, 9 through 11. After he had said these things, he was lifted up while they were looking on, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And as they were gazing intently into the sky while he was going, behold, two men in white clothing stood beside them. They also said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up into the sky? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in just the same way as you have watched him go into heaven. Now, immediately, the book of Acts is going to continue with what needed to be done while they start waiting for Jesus' return, and more imminently, waiting for the coming of the Holy Spirit. The rest of chapter 1 is a unit, and so we will look at it as a unit. And at last, we're going to, to see the disciples, and specifically the apostles, but others as well, finally understanding, finally getting it. How often as we work through the Gospels do you see and you have to explain, well, they didn't understand yet. He said he was going to be betrayed. He said he was going to die. And they were just thinking about, now we're, he's going to bring the kingdom right now. Now they were catching on. He had just said to them, after the Holy Spirit comes, you will be my witnesses. And it seems like at last they're starting to think, we have a job to do. He's gone. He's coming back. Admittedly, they probably thought very soon, but we have work to do. So we're going to work our way through the, uh, uh, the, the remainder of this chapter, and I have already gone to Amazon.com and ordered a new supply of the letter P to replace all of these that I'm using this morning. Here's an outline for you. The personnel, the problem, the prophecy, the plan, the proposal, the prayer, and the providence. First, we meet the personnel who was there, Acts 1.12. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, Mount of Olives, right across the, the Kidron Valley uh, overlooking the city of Jerusalem. They came down from the Mount of Olives, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey away. Now, what is a Sabbath day's journey? Well, it doesn't mean how far can you walk on Saturday, because you could walk a lot more than this, but it's about 2,000 cubits, and a cubit is the length from your fingers to your elbow, roughly a foot and a half, or roughly a half mile is about 2,000 cubits. The reason for that specification of the distance is that comes from the understanding of Israel's encampments in the wilderness. Whenever they would move, come to a new place, set up the camp, the tabernacle was always in the middle. 
and the twelve tribes camped around it. And you can you can see and you can find probably in your study Bible uh, a good portrayal of how that was. Well, the tents farthest out on the camp's perimeter were two thousand cubits from the tabernacle in the center. So that was the longest distance that anyone in the wilderness in Israel had to walk if they were going to reach the tabernacle on the Sabbath. And they were not to work on that day, prohibitions of how much you can do. So that, <laughs> that was where that Sabbath day's journey concept arose. So verse 13, when they had entered the city, they went up to the upper room where they were staying. Now notice, that's a very specific place. It's like, it's like everybody knew that the upper room where they were staying. It just might be the same upper room where Jesus had that Passover meal with the disciples. The upper room. And it was not a tiny place because you can see who all was there. But here's the primary personnel. They went to the upper room where they were staying. That is Peter and John and James and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon the zealot and Judas the son of James. Now this is the fourth of four lists of the 12 original apostles in the New Testament. Now this one obviously doesn't include Judas Iscariot. And you know why, because you see that in the rest of the, pas- rest of the passage. By the way, the other lists are in Matthew 10, Mark 3, and Luke 6. Now, it's an interesting thing to compare the four lists, put them in four columns side by side, and you'll realize, well, they aren't always the same. Well, that's because they're, uh, the, the name can be written in one language or another. Um, they are not always in exactly the same order, but they are in the same groups. There was the inner circle of Peter, James, and John. And then there, there are other, the groups are always the, in the same order, but not the individuals. Now, the ones that might confuse you, Bartholomew is the same as Nathaniel, two different uh, versions of the name for the same guy. Matthew is also Levi. There are two Jameses. There's James, the brother of John, the son of Zebedee, one of the two sons of thunder. And then there's James, the son of Alphaeus. Uh, you can find in one list, James the Canaanite and the other one, I'm sorry, Simon the Canaanite and then Simon the Zealot, same guy. He was from, uh, he was a Canaanite, origin, a fa- family origin anyway, but he was probably a member of the Zealot party before he came to Christ, the ones that were more radical in their desire to put a king on the throne in Israel. Uh, James, the son of Alphaeus, is also called James the Less. He was five foot five. Uh, He was just exactly the right side, but obviously the other James was oversized. I could say his nickname was Scott, but I won't. (laughs) Then there's another Judas that isn't Judas Iscariot, Judas the brother of James the Less, and he's also called (coughs) Thaddeus. So take out a piece of paper, close your Bibles, we'll have the quiz now, see if you know. Um, but th- they are the same ones. Then we get to verse 14. These, these 12, 11, these all with one mind were continually devoting themselves to prayer. Now there's more personnel. Along with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and with His brothers. As I said, now they're showing signs of 
understanding, and praying. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.